Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm Shana. I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. (laughs) Yeah, that hurts. (laughs) <laughs> oh no oh jeez unfortunately well, for uh well, panthers fans you probably heard nah, Shane and congratulations. yeah congratulations to penrith they they they're the 2021 premiers and, yeah. and deserve it they deserve yeah. it it's not as Definitely. if they're not the team that flashed home you know, late during the year, they'd been on top all year. They they'd done everything right. Um, they they yeah, they deserve that win. That's and it. it was a hard fought game. They put defensive pressure on South Sydney. They applied the blow to- torch from the first minute to the last. And in a close game, they deserve their win. And congratulations to Penrith, their fans, uh, and everyone who follows the. Um, the uh, licorice all sorts is that what they call them? So I remember when they changed from the chocolate soldiers. That's, that's true. Yeah. Yep. 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 Licorice all, all sorts. sorts. And look, yep. um, they, they look. T- to be honest with you, in a in a in an era where premiers are dropping like flies, Penrith's uh, going strong. Griffo, uh, Shane said it well <laughs> there at the stop at the top of the show. Uh, I know that a lot of people will be interested to hear, but um, look. From from fans who aren't fans of Penrith, um, that they, they, they are the best team. They are deserved premiers. They were definitely the best team on the night. And uh, for someone like yourself, mate, you've got to be really enjoying this because um, they well and truly deserve it, as we said. Yeah, thanks, Grant. Um, yeah, I, I agree with those sentiments. I think they did deserve to be the premiers, um, and that's not taking any way anything anything away from South Sydney. Um, were fabulous on the night. I just think, um, you know, Penrith consistently throughout the year were, were, you know, if not the best team. And to be honest, Melbourne was probably the best team for most of the year. Um, But to do what Penrith did in the semifinal series, Mm. after being beaten by the Bunnies in the first uh, week, Mm. I thought, you know, uh, I didn't think they're going to win the comp from there. I honestly didn't. Um, uh, I thought, you know, we might get over para and, and that was a hard game. Eight, six, I think it was. And then I thought, I can't see us beating a full strength storm, even though I tipped them through my heart um, to get over the top of the storm at any time, let alone under those circumstances uh, was, uh, was quite impressive. And then, to beat the Rabbitohs, who beat them three weeks earlier, um, I, I just like knowing that almost half the Penrith team was busted. Um, you know that was a phenomenal effort, and and uh, yeah, I, I you know I mentioned to you before we started on on the podcast that when you said how do I feel, it was just relief. That's that's what it was. Um, was very different to 1991. I was at the club um, with, you know, literally thousands of, of other people 
um, nine to 2003, I was at the game with, with my oldest daughter and a hello to Gabrielle. We're probably listening <laughs> again this week. Um, <laughs> Poor thing. Uh, I watched the game. With her, her thanks, place. Gabrielle. Yeah, thanks for supporting us. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, um, she was actually, she hadn't listened to too much of our, our podcast, but she listened to the grand final edition. She was very impressed. Um, uh, so it, she could be listening to this one as well. Um, but, uh, you know, that again, to, to experience a grand final when your team is there, as you guys did in 2014, um, and to watch them win, that, that literally has been a once-in-a-lifetime experience for me. Um, the other night, obviously, uh, I'm so happy they won. But, it, yeah, um, the, the way the game went, um, the number of F-bombs that I dropped, I'm, I'm banned from Mossman. Um, they won't let me in that <laughs> suburb anymore. Um, yeah, so uh, the people at, uh, at that apartment block, uh, you know, I think they're probably going to throw my daughter out as well. Who, who are you letting in, what sort of riffraff are you letting into uh, to Mossman? But, uh, but yeah, look, just at the end of the game, I was We've just spotted relieved. a Westie. <laughs> yeah, I was literally just relieved. Um, yeah. The next day, it started to sink in a bit. Um, but yeah, it was just you know I'm I'm, I'm you know it's fantastic the Pen yeah. Penrith one. Yeah. They, yeah. This group of players now will go go forward as Premiership winners, and especially I'm happy for Ivan Cleary, who is now a Premiership winning coach. Yeah, that monkey's off his back. Exactly. Yeah. Or and Wayne Bennett, um, I think correctly mentioned he's had a gorilla on his back, mm. um, but that's gone now. He will yeah. now go forward as a premiership winning coach. Um, a lot's been made about the fact that only Brian Smith, um, mm. and this yeah. is before <laughs> the before you know winning on Sunday, only I don't think Brian he's happy about it. <laughs> had coached more games to never be a premiership winning mm. coach. And and you, um, yeah, had they have lost that game, who knows? That, that might have really, you know, that might have been the end of their premiership window. I, I, I don't know, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's fantastic. It's, it's fantastic for the guys. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's awesome for you. It's awesome for the people of Penrith and Western Sydney. Uh, they're really excited. Um, there's, there's plenty to be excited about in the uh, NRL at the moment. And even though the season's over, we've got a jam-packed show for you tonight. We've got all the favourites, the tidbits, the, the grab, the gaff. We're going to talk about the grand final. We're also going to review um, each and every club today and just uh, give a very brief insight into what we think about uh, each club and review their season. Um, we'll talk about all the highs and lows of the season and hang on to the end because we're actually going to talk about the Australian uh, merit team, the Carpool Rugby League merit team. So there's plenty to look forward to uh, for the rest of the show. And as always, it wouldn't be a show without Shano's tidbits. All right, Shane, what have you got for us today? Well, done. it goes without saying, Penrith Panthers are the 2021 uh, champions. Um, one team that didn't feature in the grand final was the Melbourne Storm. Of course, we spoke about last week some issues to do with certain players. Um, they've been given a one-match ban. Interestingly enough, it, 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 in initial deliberations, it looked like they were going to get banned for four weeks. Um, the NRL come out and said, look, that really, that's, that's really a a punishment for the fans and the club where it should be more about the players. So um, they've been fined and, um, and and will serve a week um, for that. 
so for bringing the game into disrepute. So um, there's a lot being made of it. Um, it. It's clearly it's showing a divide in the NRL. I think where where it used to be whether it was on field or off field, it doesn't matter. I think now it's clearly evident that on field discretions are more a judicial issue that w- where you will miss quite a few weeks, um, and now and now uh, off field issues will be more about fines and maybe a game. There are certain people who have been fined for more. Um, the, the, the the Clive Churchill medal winner comes to mind. Uh, I think if I was him, I'd be like, really one week? What did I know? Know what I mean? Like there's, I think, I think the NRL are just trying to, they're finding it very difficult to wade through that sea of what to do when players do bring the game into disrepute. Um, how do we how do we sort of how do we impact the player without impacting the club? My argument would be, well, they're a part of the club. If if you if you if you cared about the club, you wouldn't, you know, the issue aside, you wouldn't bring people into your inner sanctum. So um that's that's that. Um one team that could be the 2023 premiers, I highly doubt it, but that could be, is the new Brisbane team uh, that has been officially given the tick of approval that there will be a team. Who that is, is unsure at this point in time. Um, the two front runners are the Dolphins and the Firebirds bids um, with the Dolphins looking like they're actually um, nudging slightly ahead. Um that's the Radcliffe is team, this, isn't it? That is the Redcliffe Red team. Redcliffe. Yeah. I say Radcliffe. That's the dude from Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see. I'd love to see the scary proposition. That's right. <laughs> There's Graham's guy. They're just they're just weaving magic. Sorry, um, Shane. I'll shut up. I wait for it, my it, segment. It's okay. A lot of people would think in the rugby league land, fantastic. We're getting another club. It has come. It has come in a meeting where the sixteen clubs went off their tree. Yeah. Um, they weren't happy about it. They weren't happy with what's going to happen. Uh, just to let you, just to let the listeners out there know, if, you, if you're sort of into this stuff, basically they won't have to pay a fee to, to join in that season. So they're they're basically getting a concession there. They will be getting cap concessions. Everyone knows that when the club starts, they're getting cap concessions. The other biggest problem is the clubs. With with what they have spare in the bank, the NRL, the club saw fit to actually benefit about one point five million dollars a year uh, for the next couple of years. That's three million bucks they're going to get as a handout from the NRL. Um, that's the volume of that could have been more had that club not have been there. So had the club had the had this been delayed two years, clubs could have um, actually gotten somewhere in the order of. Over those two years, maybe four point five million dollars. Um, so, so every every club said, "Look, you basically to create this club, um, pulling money from us." Peter Valandis, as we know, he's the you know he can sell ice to the Eskimos. He basically has stated they're having a seventeenth team. Um, that ratings and money will actually more than offset that. That. The, the model he presented and the and the fiscal model he presented, um, they're out. He said, you'll be out in front by a country mile. So if we don't have a, this club, you're going to be here and you're going to get this by having this 17th club. To be honest with you, I don't know how that works because it's not as if there's any more games 
Um, mm. There's going to be a buy round. So I don't know. I don't know how he he, he sold that. But yeah. Uh, lastly, uh, just before I go, uh, West Tigers fans, jump online and have your say on your new emblem because every other fan has and they freaking hate it. That's yeah. my tidbits for the night. <laughs> I was waiting for the, the portal. Yet again. Yeah. Yet and, again, um, we've done a muriel. And I know, I know, I was giving you the wind up there, Shano, and um, yeah, but just uh, quickly before we um, finish up, I think just a mention, and I know you had it on the agenda, and um, I've given you the wind up, but uh, Benji Marshall retiring. Yeah, Benji Marshall retiring. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, brilliant man of the game. Great um, career. Old Steve O sent us the footage of when he carved the sharks up that day, where he must yep. have stepped about. 15, and there's only 13 on the field. That shows how good he was. We could just about do a summer session episode just on Benji Marshall and his career. It was phenomenal. Thanks, Shane, for keeping us up to date. As always, plenty happening in the world of rugby league. Even when there's no footy this week, um, there's always something to talk about. There's always things grabbing our eye, and we had a big game last week, Griffo. There's a lot happening in rugby league, so we might as well head over to the Chameleon for Griffo's Grab. All right, what's happening this week, mate? Um, okay. Uh, top of the list um, is Cody Walker's try, one of the great grand final tries where he beat four players. Had no right to score that try. It was just sheer determination. Um, his evasive skills, he pushed off Cleary. Um, there was nothing on. And he, out of nothing, he, he just scored that amazing try. Um, it is called Griffo's Grab. And I've got to make a special mention to a bloke who's grabbed quite a few things, particularly uh, in the latter part of the year, and that's Stephen Crichton. Um, he literally, I didn't know where you were going then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done um, now? No, no, I wouldn't. Uh, no, well, I don't know what people grab out. You know, when I, oh, it's just what I see on the field. Yeah. Um, and Crichton, uh, he just took out uh, the hand. He's, it's not the first time mm. he's done it, but um, he's just got this amazing athletic ability. Um, and yeah, that uh, that grab obviously grabbed my eye because at sure. the time um, I'd just been uh, delivering a, a series of f bombs after Tyrone May spilt the ball. Um, um, and gave, you know, what Penrith, I think it was, they were got a repeat set and, and then uh, with nothing, no reason, he just drops the ball. Like, um, but then it all turned around thanks to Stevie Crichton. And, uh, you know, um, there's a bit of a parody there t- to the 2020 grand final in that Nathan Cleary threw an intercept, mm. which was taken by Vunivalu, and it's almost been forgotten. And what also was forgotten out of that game was that Nathan Cleary scored one of the great grand final tries himself. Yeah, he did. But no one remembers it because I won't say it didn't mean anything, um, but it didn't impact on the game, given that it was late in the game and Penrith were still pretty much out of the game. But while as great as, as Cody Walker's, Yeah, we're just having a few technical difficulties there, Griffo. I'll just to to, to Shane, oh, just sorry. to no, yeah, we just lost you for a second, but just to just to comment, especially on that Crichton try. Um mm. that was that was really that was a big turning point in the game. And I know a lot of people have 
you know, made fun. You see the memes online of Cody mm. Walker throwing the pass, mm. people adding it down as a try assist for him. Um, mm. Good good foresight by Crichton to be in the right place yeah. at the right time. Oh, most definitely. And we're going to review. Look, I, I think that puts him in that specialist wing. That, that, that's why he's good on the yeah. wing. He's that specialist outside back. It was, it was a really big mm. moment for Penrith and, a, and it turned the game. Yeah, I, I think that's... Um... I think that's, you know, we're going to talk about the game, so I don't give too much away. But, you know, you've got to be at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, and, and really the pressure that the pressure that Penrith were applying to South, Cody Walker, you know, I've been watching every game this year, this year last year, last five years. He never throws a ball like that. He always would rather go short than long. He felt like he was under the pump. If, I think he honestly thought if we don't get ourselves out of here, we're in trouble. He felt like and, he had um, to come up with something special. And that's he had to come up with something different. special, yeah. and he um, rolled the dice like like Cleary did last year, you know, and they lost. So yeah. go away from the game plan; we'll, it usually doesn't work. And yeah, that's credit we'll, to Penrith. Yeah, we're going to talk about the game and South Sydney and stuff more in depth in a minute. So yeah, yeah. that's but yeah, a good good. You have to be there to catch those, and he was. Yeah, no, phenomenal effort. Just one of the things like for, for Penrith fans, uh, the little things they got right. That was one of them. That's why they're the champions, and it was really good to see. Uh, and as always, we, we we have the highs of Griffo's grab, and then we head to the lows of Graham's gap. All right, fellas. Um, now, I, I don't want to take too much time giving a bit of background information and talking about Graham's gaff as a whole, but there's a, there's a quote for you. But anyway, um, the... The, the gap was supposed to bring a bit of light-hearted entertainment. It kind of evolved over to the point where, you know, I, I've got to rein it in and, and, and put my hand up. It turned into me being a bit negative and putting my hand up when people stuffed up. Now, this one, it, it has been highlighted as a stuff-up, but I, I'm going to, you know, we can see the funny side of it. The winner of Graham's Gap this week, and the main reason I'm bringing this up is because I'd love to make sure that everyone's seen this because I, uh, I, I had a bit of a chuckle at it. Um, Dane Laurie wins Graham's gaff this week. For those of you who haven't heard, um, you'll know Tigers star Dane Laurie uh, is a former Panthers player. And um, as you could imagine, he's uh, he's got a lot of friends at the Penrith Club. Um, look, he, he, he went to school with nearly half of the Panthers team, which would explain why uh, the other night after the grand final on the streets of Western Sydney... His picture was taken and put on social media of him celebrating the grand final in a Penrith jersey. Now, I actually, I, I laughed when I saw this. I thought, oh, jeez. And the poor, the poor bugger, he's had to come out and say he's sorry to the Tigers fans and he's apologised. Yeah, it's a mistake. Oh, the Tigers. Look, Tigers. I get it. Like, if I'm a Tigers fan, I'm saying, geez, what's he doing there celebrating another team's victory? Um, it's it's probably not a good look for him, but geez, fellas, look, look, if we're gonna... I know what Maguire, I know what Maguire would have said. It would have been something akin oh, yeah. to what Griffo was. Yeah, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have repeated the two, on the podcast. The, the two hundred, the oh. hundred and fifty-two in one in one episode wouldn't have come close to when he saw that. Look, and, and they had people on social media, the Tigers fans, Griffo, they were up in arms over this. There were I saw things on um, that were reported from Twitter where Tigers fans were suggesting that they tear up his contract. Now, I don't know if there's a reason behind that because they want to sign another player and free up some cap space. But, oh, geez, I don't know. Like, I, I just thought this was one of those situations where, you know, okay, he got he got snapped. 
you know, wearing a, an opposition jersey. Just wondering what your thoughts would have been if the shoe was on the other foot and it wasn't uh, a Penrith jersey, say if the Tigers won and a Penrith player was wearing a Tigers jersey. What do you think? And by the time those guys win a comp, I won't be able to put a shoe on my foot. <laughs> so I'll, be, I'll be wearing could you, laces. Could you imagine Nathan Cleary coming out of the West Tigers branded Portaloo courtesy of Shano's Portaloo hire? How embarrassing. Uh, yeah, look, oh, it, look I, um, I, I saw that as well. Um, and I think it was this morning I first saw that. And... On the particular site I saw it, I didn't actually see a negative comment against Dane Laurie. Um, I think it might have been from Fox, and they sort of reported it as Tigers fans up in arms, etc. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, yeah. some were. You've seen it, but yeah, on the like, on the post know, that I was reading, there was Tigers fans Tigers also fans thought that the grand final was boring. You know, there's nothing to it. Like, yeah, you know, he's he's mates. Like, it's not a big deal, but. Yeah, I, I can see, you know, if you're a Tigers administration, you probably, yeah, you wouldn't, it's not a great look, but I mean, have they had any good looks this year? <laughs> Seriously? No. And that's yeah, the thing. I, I think yeah. the Tigers, the Tigers are just trying to do everything. Like, and, and I think, I think this says a lot about where the Tigers are at, that, that, you know, like, that you got a guy who whose heart's probably still with the club he left, mm. like that's that's what I that's what I yeah. and a lot of that like you know like there's there's background noise saying that Adam Dway he just wishes he'd stayed at South. There's well, you know sure and of course he, he would. Yeah, you know, sure he does. It, it, the thing is, I think Adam Reynolds shows, is still going to be a rabbit out heart. And and I think I think that it's yeah. I think that it's just good point. Yeah. Yeah, like I just think, you know what? If he was celebrating, I don't think anyone would think of it. You know what? At this point in time, the season's over. He's Look, he's the poor bugger that's got a front up pre-season training. True. He's going to cop it. He's yeah. just going to cop it. Oh, I would. From his, from his uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be funny. Yeah. It'll be banter. They'll, you know, they're all going to They're all probably going to have Penrith jerseys on. You know, like, you know, like they it's, always... it's banter. and <laughs> Well, and a, few there's a, them, a few of them have worn that jersey in the past. Yeah. yeah. And, and and the thing is, if yeah, I know Maguire, fans. if I know Maguire, Maguire in this kind of stuff is is pretty is pretty lighthearted. Like yeah. he, you know, he's very intense. But he's the kind of guy that will actually run with this a little bit and have a bit of fun with it. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, so because, yeah. I think I think the upper management at the Tigers won't because their 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 heads are on the absolute chopping block and this new logo has done them no favors. I, I but, knew there was going to be a segue here to the logo. We haven't allocated time for it, fellas, but we've got to talk about it. I was waiting um, for Shane to to jump on this. I think they could have replaced it with the the Portaloo. I was looking for this revolutionary it looks... branding. It's the same thing without the arms. Yeah. It's the same thing. But, 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 but it's it looks... so sharp and. It's, it's. I honestly thought they were going to bring back the uh, old school tiger. You know uh, what I mean? Like the old. The biggest I problem. I, I can see what they're trying to do with new branding, trying to get a new image for the club and say we're heading in a new direction. But um, yeah, problem's not the logo. I, I mean, Pen, Penrith did a similar thing. Yeah. Um, they they was, had the, just was the good. face of the panther yeah. and they went back to the, the side on view of the whole panther and and but I that looks the good. Tigers, that's yeah, the difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's it looks what good. the Tigers could have done. It's got a Do bit of heritage it? about it, the Panthers yeah. logo. It's got a bit of that 
you know, the the people, the retro's in. Like, you look at the Panthers logo that they have now and you compare it to the one that's on the old round logo, you know, that they wore on their chest. Blue Panther. Yeah, during the 1991 grand final for those Mm. that are looking up a a jersey. um, I I, I think, yeah, they've got it right. But the branding branding of, say, a Panthers Panthers to a Tigers, we're talking chalk and cheese. We've got a really well-branded club against a club that's just clutching it. I'm finding it very interesting that in a season where they've just had, where the faction just seems bigger than ever, the divide, that the way they bring it together is to is to fix up the tiger logo, like it's, like, I'm like hoping that it's is one the of worst idea. That's the I wouldn't have touched the logo. The logo is the least of your problems. What you mm-hmm. wanted to do is is reiterate the fact that we're tigers, mate. There's a whole group of people out there who would love nothing better than to see a bloody magpie on it. That's your problem. I'm just going to finish this by just um, saying there was one comment I saw on social media and they made a good point. There was a fan on there that said, oh, I'm a bit disappointed in the logo. I thought there might be like, and I know this is a bit of a, you know, oh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a wank kind of thing. They said, oh, I was kind of hoping there'd be like a magpie hidden, like you look at the corner and, oh, you can see a magpie it's and smart. it's part of the logo. This, these are just punters with the branding and you've got experts that are coming up with it. That's... The experts got rid of the arms on a on a logo that they've had for 20 years. But look, you know what happened? being smart. They gave it to a six-year-old who played with Photoshop for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just Look. want to say this as well. Your club's logo don't have any writing on it. Everyone no. knows. Everyone yeah. knows that jumping yeah. rabbit is the South Sydney rabbit hole. Yes. It's iconic. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that's the thing you've got to build it. I put yeah. some you logo there. Yeah. yeah. You look at football, right? One yeah. of the most iconic logos in football is Ajax. Mm. It has 11 strokes on it. Each player on the field. The actual logo is made up of 11. It it means something. That's where they should have gone. Mm. They should have gone down the line so it means something. Anyway, we're talking about the Tigers. Why are we talking about the Tigers? We've got a a game to review, guys. All right. So the thing we mainly want to talk about here, we're going to go over the game. I'm not going to talk too much about the statistics, this and that, because really at the end of the day, all the only statistic that matters, fellas, is that the Panthers 14 defeated mm. the Rabbitohs 12. Um, yep. With that reduced attendance, we that happened after we went to the air last week. Uh, it was all confirmed. There was 39,322 people. Two tries each. We saw um, Matt Burton and Stephen Crichton go over for the Panthers. Uh, Cody Walker and Alex Johnson scored for the Rabbitohs. Uh, Nathan Cleary kicked three goals. Adam Reynolds kicked two goals. And really, the, the difference was um, the opportunity to kick a goal there. Look, mm. we, we, we touched on it briefly there. Griffo, you mentioned it was, it was relief. This was a Panthers side who, right from last year, were building to this point. The pain of last year, the destiny... They were one of the best teams over the past two years and they deserved the premiership and they got it uh, on Sunday night. Yeah. Um, that that was forged out of... Well, it wasn't quite 12 months ago, but nearly 12 months ago when they sat around and watched the Melbourne Storm lift the trophy. And um, you know, I've heard a few of them talk about that, that the... the there was a real desire 
to, to, they dwelled on that feeling, but they used it in a positive way that, that, that had this burning desire to, to turn that around and, and go one cog up the ladder. Um, and that determination was, was there throughout the semifinals when, as I said, I didn't think they were going to get there after they lost to the Bunnies in, in week one. But this just fierce will to win um, from everyone that had a black jersey on or a pink jersey as they had against the Storm, um, they missed a huge number of tackles. And they did it again against the Rabbitohs. Um, so 46, I think, missed tackles. But in most cases, they got there when they had to. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just determination. And I, I think, you know, I think on, on the flip side of that for South is that, you know, there's going to be about 14 guys who were wearing red and green on Sunday night who will be wearing red and green next year who will have that same desire. Mm. Um, so that you know, maybe that's going to spur South on mm. to go one better next year. Mm. And it's because they got the team to do it. Yeah, and and mm. and, and and look, you know, we, we, we've talked over the past few weeks about some players leaving. We know the notable ones. You've got Adam Reynolds, uh, Benji Marshall's uh, mentioned his retirement. Uh, look, Wayne Bennett's leaving the club. There are some key um, personnel. Dan Gagai, I should also mention. You know, there's mm -hmm. a few there. Um, obviously, when Sewer. you're Jaden Sewer, when you're a successful club, you can't hold on to everyone. Penrith's in that boat as well. They've got uh, a few players going. I think Matt Burton the other night was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, he uh, was very good. We Capable know that, also. Yeah. Going to miss both those guys. Mm. Yeah, top quality players. I'll, I'll go to you, Shane, because when we look at the actual yeah. game itself and get down to game plan, yeah, we, we talk a lot about the flashy backs. It was really up the middle, the metres that Penrith made, and also the kick metres from Cleary that kept South mm. in their own end. Yeah, yeah. Didn't Look, really just, allow Cody Walker to play. Like it, it just, it just pressured, it just pressured South yeah. Sydney. Um, you know, when 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 Jai Arrow got ruled out, I, I thought it's, it's going to be almost impossible from here. That they, they needed every forward to be there. Mm doing their thing and once he got ruled out I thought that's it it's 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 game it's it's pretty I thought it would be game over and I thought Penrith might just run away with it they didn't um a lot's been made of the intercept I I think the intercept just came down to the fact that that, that the pressure the Penrith were applying um that South Sydney just he just had to look for something look I, I thought it was a great game I really did I I, I thought you know, as a South Sydney fan, I couldn't be prouder of that club and the way they played. Mm. They're a confidence team. Adam Reynolds needed to kick that goal. And they've been like that since day one. Had Adam Reynolds kicked that goal, things were, you know, we've seen it with South. You know, the, that missing that goal, they, they had Penrith, you know, they, they sort of had Penrith. They, they, they knew what to do. It was just in missing that goal, they go they lose their confidence. They go away from the game plan and Penrith are too good for that. You don't play that Penrith. You, you brought up the fact that players are missing. I, I think, I think for South Sydney, um, they're going to go through a transitional period in 2012. They went through a tr transitional period. It was the first year of this new era in 10 seasons. They've made the finals eight times. Uh, one time they missed by one game. They've made six preliminary finals, two grand finals. 
If you told me that we'd lost both of those grand finals back in 2011, I would have taken it. To say that we've won one now, lost one, you know, if you look at that 10-year period, you got the, the Roosters out in front, Storm second, South Sydney are a clear third. That's where they're at as a club. We talk about the Storm and Roosters. I think South Sydney are there. I think I think the transition period is going to test them, but they've just got what it takes. Penrith are the same now. Penrith, we've talked about Penrith being there and South Sydney being there. When we talk about top two and Roosters and 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 Storm, I think there's now a fall in the Roosters, Storm, South and Penrith. And this new period going through, it's going to be interesting to watch. I'm excited to watch it. Um, hats off to Penrith. Mm-hmm. You know, look, I'm not yeah. going to I'm not going to sit here and talk about how South lost the game. Penrith won the game. They yeah. won it through defence. They won it. You know, a lot of those missed tackles were four with tackles four and five and brilliant cover defence. The, the well, tackles one, two, and three were absolutely stinging from the Penrith forwards. Um, Hats off to them. Cleary's kicking game was out of sight. Yeah, and we, we talk a lot about, like, when we watch the highlights on the TV, they're always showing the flashy stuff, the tries, the big hits, all that sort of stuff. At the end of the day, for as long as this game has been around, it's been about field position, and that's something that Penrith did really well. They made sure that they um, played the game down the end of the field that they wanted to. Shane mentioned there, Griffo, how good Nathan Cleary was. He's the Clive Churchill medalist. You picked that before the game. Um his, his performance was outstanding. I also briefly there mentioned Matt Burton. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. And if I was giving a 3-2-1 for the Daly M's, um, if we had to choose someone maybe from the losing side to just snag a point, I thought Cam Murray was outstanding yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, well just Cody wanted... Walker was still up there, you know. I... Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah, 100%. And that's, that's, that's a fair call. And that and goes look, to show how... It's a grand final. That... It goes to show how good players, players were across the field. It um, was every just... time Walker got the ball in his hands, I'm worried. Like, yeah. Mm. Yep. He was worrying and, the defence. And we you know what? With so was Reynolds, actually. <laughs> Reynolds had some good yeah. runs as well. Like, yeah. yeah. Uncharacteristic, yeah. because I don't normally worry about Adam Reynolds with a running game, but I thought mm. he, he looked dangerous in the middle as well. Um, Not sure many just... could deny Cleary that medal, though. Oh, no. 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 But, you know... I think now, um, I think in the past, they actually sort of come up with a player before the game was over, which was a monumental blunder. Um, Boy Simmons, the classic example. Yeah. You, mm. It's an 80-minute game. And it's not and that game literally was not over till the 80th minute. You've mm. got to wait till the game is over before naming a best player. Mm. Um, clear his kicking game. That's what ultimately was the biggest factor in the game. A kicking game's only as good as its chase. And for, I'd say, 95% of the game, Penrith's kick chase after Cleary's kick was was spot on. And they just kept burying Souths in their own 20, except for the last kick downfield, where I think it might have been taken by maybe Alex Johnson who got a pass away to Blake Taff and South made about 20 or 30 meters. Mm. And then they backed it up with another 20 or 30 meter run. Um, they then got a penalty and they scored. So that's yeah. how close the game was. Yeah. Yeah. One time in the game. And I think it was the only time in the game where Penrith's kick chase didn't 
nail the South Sydney ball runner in the 20 meter zone um, was when it led to a try for South and could have turned the result. Um, But, you know, credit to the Panthers for their defense. Um, Even though they missed a lot of tackles, it was the defense on the back of Cleary's kicking game that, you know, you look back on and say that's where the game was won. Yeah, definitely. Look, it's one of those games where I think uh, the fans, even neutral fans I've talked to this week, have said, look, I was on the edge of my seat. I didn't know who was going to win. And a lot of fans of uh, clubs that don't follow either, um, so a lot of them were were sort of saying, you know, oh, if Melbourne had, had won, I, I would have had a team to go for because, you know, I'd go for South or Penrith. But there were two teams that are well-supported, well-liked. Uh, massive congratulations to Penrith. They played really well. Um and, and, and yeah, and it, it's really good, I suppose, for, for not only the club itself, but um, but for the area and uh, those young guys. If anyone had any questions about Penrith being the real deal and um, being a, a top club and this being a team to remember, then I think all the questions got answered the other night. Yeah. Um, there were a few other things, guys. I mean, I don't want to harp on it. Um, I'm thinking maybe... Uh, in the summer session, we might bring these up. Um, I know a few people are a bit bemused by a couple of calls. I'm just going to get a one-word response to you guys. Mm-hmm. Should the grand final and state of origin be refs, I'll say slightly different to the rest of the uh, the competition because of the importance of the game. Are we happy? No, shouldn't no? be, but it is. Okay. Yeah, shouldn't be, but it is. All right. Yeah, I won't go into it because we can talk about, you know, when you tackle a player in your pass, it's played at, but with a kick, it's not um, contact with no, the That's head, the rule. You know. That, that, that was the, the correct ruling. And, and, and that the thing was the is, that's, that's an anomaly. I think the controversial one, Graham, was the, was the high shot? Co- connection between Burton's arm and I think it was Gagai's head. Yeah. And the, the um, thing is too, yeah, yeah. And, I, and look, just, just to without harping on it, because I know we could go into into heaps on it, um, it, was, it was probably a case of, in a, in a regular club game, it's a penalty. Uh, it's high stakes, so I think that influenced. I think we'd agree on that, fellas. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I didn't think it was worthy of a penalty, but if it was refereed like every other game this year, it's a penalty. And that's and the, the thing penalty too. in the semis. It was also yeah. a penalty in the finals. So. And the, and the other thing with that other call too is, I think it's something we're going to see in the off season. I reckon that anomaly because it's come up. It doesn't come up very often. But the anomaly they'll in the rules. Rule. I think they'll, they'll change. change I think by round one yeah. next year. Yeah. Um, if you're yeah. attempting to make a tackle, it'll be played yeah, at it's technically, regardless of whether you kick right. it or pass it. Because it what came off his doing, foot, it wasn't played at. Yeah, if he was no, throwing it, it would have been. It's an anomaly. It's because when, you, when you're kicking a ball, you actually, you're not, and you'd make the tackle, you're, you're in the action of making the tackle, you're, you're attacking the player. So what happens is when you touch the ball, the player in that pass is considered part of the ball. Whereas or part of the player, whereas once they've let the kick go, the ball ceases to be attached to the player. So therefore, if they're not charging the ball down, it's technically not played at. Yeah. Um, and that's and the anomaly. Yeah, It'll change. Good, like it's yeah, you know, it's happened once. I've yep. only ever seen that happen once. Yeah, true. And, and we now watch, that it has happened, it's changed. We watch every change. game, every week. Yeah. And look. That was a great grand final, I'll be honest with you. It was really good to see, um, you know, the Panthers, for their fans, lift the trophy. Um, and that's coming from a Rabbitohs fan. I really am happy for the Penrith fans because uh, they yeah. really truly deserve so, it. And I just want to make that that clear before we start to talk about some of the other clubs. Now, what we're going to do, fellas, 
Um, it's going to be almost a bit rapid fire. We're going to spend a couple of minutes on each club. We're just going to give the fans here just, um, you know, maybe a rating out of 10. We'll discuss it amongst ourselves. We'll have an yep. official carpool rating out of 10. Maybe a high point of the season, a low point of the season. I figure we might as well work our way from the bottom of the ladder up. That way uh, mm-hmm. we're kind of finishing on a high and we're not <laughs> getting more depressed yeah. as we go along. So we might hear a few more low points and high points as we go along. But the first team I want to talk about, guys, is the, the Canterbury Bulldogs. Now, by yep. any team standard, let alone the Bulldogs, uh, finishing their uh, season on uh, eight points, uh, it's a low point in itself. But One of those was a bye. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah, three, three wins, so three wins. losses. Three yeah. wins. Yeah. Uh, so, look, Griffo, if you were to give this team a score out of 10, where would you be? What are some of the high points, low points, you reckon? Okay, look, I've given them two out of 10. Um, highlight, uh, good form from their firebrand forwards of Thompson and Hetherington when they were on the field. Low point or, or low light, just not a competitive team with the 21 losses. They were not competitive. That's I'm, my thoughts. I'm almost going to say, Shano, like I'd, I'd, I'd probably mm. agree with the, with the rating there. It seems a bit silly, but their high points for me are things that are happening off the field that we can look forward to next year with some of their signings. Yeah, that, that's exactly what my high point was going to be. <laughs> the high point was the signings throughout the year. Recruitment was their high point this year. Their low point was was anything that happened after tackle four. It was horrendous. Uh, they're two out of ten. Yeah, yeah, it'd be hard to give them a, a score higher than that. Um, I think you guys are probably being uh, fairly... Uh, fairly lenient there giving them the extra point a lot of people might go their bottom so we'll rank them uh with only the one point um there was a bit of a gap this year guys when we're going from 16th moving up to 15th the uh the north Mm -hmm. queensland cowboys they had seven wins for the year they ended up on 16 points um what are we thinking if we're going to give them a bit of a rating um obviously you'd have to rate them higher than the bulldogs but being 15th you're not much higher are you well, I've, I, I was tossing up between three and four. I, I think, I think that they've. I, I, I really think they've underachieved this year. Um, I think the high point for them was when they had their full complement of players on the field. They looked competitive. The low point was just that that you know they just they just went to water so easily. Um, mm. You know. They had, they had a few injuries, but really in big games where you thought they're going to come out and do something, they just failed. I, I think, I think one of the other low points was 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 the debacle around um, coaches and whatnot. So, you know, like it, it's 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 just becoming, you know, what's happening off the field is really affecting this club on the field yet again. I should have said coaches, um, backroom movement. Sorry. So yeah, I, I couldn't uh, three and a half out of ten. I was looking at some of the, the teams today, Griffo, and like if I had to pick a, a part of the season that might have been a high point for the Cowboys, I'm probably looking that that period from about round five. There yeah, are a few weeks I've, there. I've actually I've got that written down, Graham, yeah, as my that, highlight. They had a six-game winning streak yeah, from wow. round five through to round ten, and they're actually in the top eight there um, wow. yep. for a few weeks. So, yeah, I had that as the highlight. I wrote down as the low light, just the dreadful for the rest of the year. There was only one other win outside that that period. I give them three out of ten. I thought they were awful. Mm. Yeah, no, awful. fair enough. I don't think too many will disagree with you. And look, while we're in Queensland, we'll go a little bit further south. Um, 
Suncorp Stadium was home to the grand final. Unfortunately for Brisbane, they got nowhere near it. They were also on seven wins um, for the year there, Griffo. Um, same amount of points as the Cowboys. The only thing that uh, that snagged them one spot higher on the ladder was their for and against. How would you rate their season this year? No, I'd give them the same. I'd give them three out of ten overall. Um, they obviously finished the season reasonably well. Um, if they weren't winning games, they were competitive. So, um, and, and what I had as their highlight was that they, they did bring through into uh, first grade a lot of good young players like TC, Rabati, uh, Cobbo, uh, mm. Young Hetherington. Um, and and that, co- that um, sort of coincided with their late season revival where they were competitive, but overall, they just lost too many games um, and, and particularly early in the season, they were getting hammered um, in some of those games. So yeah, I, I couldn't go more than a three out of 10, even though, you know, they certainly did finish the season better than the Cowboys, but still overall, they, they were, they were pretty ordinary. And they did have some low lights, Shane, like when you look at not only the fact that they lost a lot of games, Especially earlier on in the season, one that stands out for me, I think it was about round 10, they lost 50 points to six against the Seagulls. Mm. It wasn't uncommon for them this year to have the good teams like the Storm, the Eels, the Rabbitohs and the the Panthers rack up a bit of a score against them. And there were even games there that they they lost. And, I mean, they they leaked uh, 42 points against the Tigers one day. um, Defence was definitely a challenge for them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, look, I, I, I agree with Griffo. I think the highlights of I have three. Um, I think the highlights was that they they really brought some young players through that all of a sudden look look like they could play football. The low light for me was that they had to bring back absolute has beens before that happened. Good point, Shane. Yeah, they brought back has beens. I I was waiting for Kevin Walters to crack out Lazarus and 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 bloody and you know. And, and Alfie the crack on a shirt. They brought back absolute has been before they went to their before they went to their young stars. And I thought that was an absolute joke, really. And that's no, why Michael I got about three. I thought I thought it was just I thought it was a, I thought they were lucky to get the wins they got. When you're talking about has-beens, you're talking about Glenn Lazarus. I wasn't sure if you were talking about Lazarus from the Bible for a second then, because we know they will dig deep. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Okay, so as we move up the ladder, um, we've got the West Tigers. They ended up on 18 points. Um, that's eight wins, so one ahead of the Broncos and the Cowboys. Uh, Griffo, um, this is a team too. A lot of this was chronicled through um, the the uh, Tales from Tiger Town um, documentary. Uh, there, there were some really low points of the season. Um Probably for me, if I had to talk on the negative side of thing, the one that really stands out is the fact that the Storm put 66 points on them. That's probably the one that stands out to fans um, as the, the major low light. Yeah, there was a, it was a litany of low lights. Green, you mentioned uh, Lazarus, or Shane will mention it. Um, and there is a quote, you know, from, uh, from the Bible. I think it's a two-word quote. Jesus wept. <laughs> well, we're going to segue it. When Jesus watches this team play, it was the same thing in a lot of those games. Just Jesus wept, like, um, as their fans did. Um, yeah. 
I mean, even that last round loss to the Dogs, oh, 38-0. That's, that, that's the bottom of the barrel, really. Yeah. When you lose 38-0 against the Bulldogs, um, that was really the bottom of the barrel. I gave them three out of 10. They did actually win eight games and had 16 losses. So they actually won a third of their games. It doesn't seem like that, but they did. Mm. Um, that was the highlight. They won eight games. But yeah, the low light was just those dreadful yeah. performances. And- you mentioned the Storm one, uh, the game against the Rabbitohs, which was a training run for the Rabbitohs in the first half. Uh, and of course, probably... Um, the game where they were paying tribute to Tommy Redonicus against the North that's my low light. Cowboys. Uh, if that, and like said, that's just, my low light. If you don't they lift for dreadful that. in the first half. The game was I have over. never seen a side. That was a game like, of two halves, wasn't it? Like fair income. That was just that just shows that both sides had it in them just to switch yeah, off. I I think I think I, I agree with Griff on nearly everything. The only thing I've I've got I can say is as a bit of a highlight is is, is when they stuck to the game plan and they made Adam Dwayne the centre of their attack, they looked like a football side. The minute Moses Embi put his hand up and goes, oh, I'll try and do something here, it was just rubbish. It was the most predictable thing you'd ever seen. It, and, they, and it turned the team into an under-sixes. Um, the fact he's gone is going to, I think, I think that's a good thing. And um, but yeah, low lights everywhere. Mine was Tommy's, the loss at the end. The other thing was, I think I think they gave up halfway through the season. I think they thought, well, we're not going to make the eight, so let's just bugger it. Yeah, it, you got to wonder whether there was much belief in themselves. We'll give them a little credit. I'm going to give them credit here because I know West Tigers fans, um, but I'm going to. This has a massive lining on it. This was a by default highlight for them. I know Tigers fans really enjoyed round 13 when they beat the Panthers, but let's not get too carried away. That was a shell of a Panthers team uh, that night, and um, I just wanted to bring it up because Dane Laurie scored a try that night, and I thought that was a bit funny. Um, So, uh, the other team that we're going to head to now are the New Zealand Warriors. They finished on the same amount of points as the West Tigers. Uh, Their for and against was slightly better. We had big hopes at the start of the year, Griffo, for for the Warriors. Very challenging for them given the uh, the situation with COVID and being based here in Australia. Um, I'd, I'd be interested to see your rating because at the start of the year, we had uh, very high hopes for them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I had them in the top eight. Mm. Um, yeah, they, they, they finished on the same number of points, as you mentioned, of the Tigers with eight wins, 16 losses. Um, the highlight... I had was that they were generally competitive in most games. So um, they copped a few hidings, but not many. Um, the low light, just too many losses, like 16 losses for that team was too many. Um, and a lot of those where they were situ- they were in games where they should have won them. Like there was that, that game against the Dragons which evolved into barbecue gate for the dragons. They had no right Mm. to lose that game, but just found a way to lose. Um, And that's the biggest disappointment. I I know what's been mentioned this, you know, away from their home. Well, for some of them, that's true. You look at the team that was running around for these guys in rounds like 24, 25. Most of them have never lived in New Zealand. Most of them are Aussie guys. They've recruited. Um, 
there's only a handful of Kiwis actually in the side these days. And next year, they're going to be based out of Redcliffe. Uh, be interesting to see just round one, the lineup that they have and, and how many of them are actual Kiwis um, who've, who've only, who live in New Zealand. I don't think there's many of them anymore just with their recruiting strategy. But yeah, they were a disappointment. Four out yep. of ten. Yeah. Yeah, pretty hard to agree, to disagree with any of that, I'd imagine, China. Can't disagree with a thing. No. Well, you just it's, mentioned- and look, I, I actually, I actually think if I had to give an award for the club that regressed the most this year, they get it. Yeah, and we, we were actually hoping that they'd be one of the most improved. And look, um, an interesting thing for the Warriors, really. I, I know. We don't want to keep harping on this, but for me, I think the lowest point of their season didn't happen on the field. I was actually really disappointed um, in the Reese Walsh situation last last um, last week. I think that um, mm-hmm. will really knock the fans about. So it's the type of stuff we didn't always associate with the club. But you know, but to the kids, to the kids' credit, he put his hand up. He did the right thing afterwards. They dealt with it very, very well. I'm going to give mm. them a lot of credit for yeah, that. They we did. About that but I will week. say but this: I mean, you don't want to happen in the first place. Like, if he had had any sort of smarts about him, when he was asked to move on, he should have moved, moved on. on. Yep. Yeah. And when they would just move on about this. Yeah. Yep. You know, like, I guess that's the uh, the stupidity of youth. Yep. Because speak- we would not know about any of it if he just had have listened. If he just walked away. Yep. Just walk away. And yeah. speaking of the stupidity of youth, we've touched on the uh, the dragons and what's now been known as Barbecue Gate. And, uh, you know, we know that the, um you know, the, Clearly off the field, the low point was the um, the barbecue at Paul Vaughan's place there, Griffo. But um, on the field as well, they had a, they had an interesting season because they were in the top eight for a large part of the start of the year. And really, we were talking on the podcast because we were looking ahead at their draw um, and just predicting the slide all the way through the season. They ended up also on 18 points with eight wins. Yeah. Um, yeah, eight wins, 16 losses. And as you mentioned, they were in the top eight for most of the year. Um, They had a really good start. They were in the top four after round five with four from five. And I think, you know, by round 10, they were six from 10. So um, they were still in the top eight halfway through the season, even a little bit beyond that because other teams weren't winning. Um, But, uh, yeah, the low light for them obviously was barbecue gate. They did not win a game after that. Um, yeah. and they probably wouldn't have won too many anyway because they come up against all the top sides in that that latter part of the season. But I think there was a game that probably uh, a team they should have beat uh, either in round 25 or 24 where they went down. Um, but, yeah, they, they did unearth a lot of young talent um, who will be really good next year, uh, guys like, um, Tyrell, what is it? Tyrell Sloan, is that his name? Yeah. The fullback. Uh, Tyron Sloan. Um, yep. Amoni, um, yep. Sullivan. Um, so there's, you know, there's there's green shoots there. But yeah, they've got really interesting. Well, I won't go into it, but they've recruited some interesting players. Um, but yeah, they should have, from where they were, they should have done better. Yep. And, and some of the, the headlines sort of, you know, in around St. George of Lawara this year, um, we, we had Jack DeBellin cleared and came back um, 
in the in the season and also too if we want to talk about we've all talked about magic round and the the crackdown it was really st george that was at the center of this because the main event that happened there was the um toro fumayano hit on on ryan pappenhausen this is where you know we start to see that and these are some of the things we saw um through st george this year but there weren't too many positives to talk about um during the back end of that year were there no 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 look Griffo's right. Like, you know, that barbecue gate, that they, they didn't win a game after that. Um, you know, the other the other low light I thought for the for the Dragons was the Matt Dufty saga. I thought he's a guy who's who's you know, who's got this he's a quality player and it was just it just reeked of a club who already were starting to to have difficulties. Um, the highlight for me um, was the start to the season as always is with the Dragons. Um, it was always going to come crashing down once they played teams of worth. I had them a four. That's that's where I was, that's where I thought they sat. Yeah, just and- interesting on the Dufty uh, Shano. I agree with you, but different coach, same issues mm. last year. Hundred um, percent. There's got to be stuff that we don't know about. Oh, I agree. In his attitude. I fully agree. Or- Yep, because you know, he's, it's funny. he's a quality player on the field. But uh... yep, and and it's funny. We talked about we talked earlier about clubs like South City and Penrith, and and how off the field has transcended to on the field, where they are just they're so professional. They're a juggernaut. They're going to be there or thereabouts every year. It's funny the clubs we've just spoken about are the ones that dip in for a year and dip out for nine. Like and that's what it's. There's got to be something driving that from behind the scenes. Someone has to finish in the top eight. And someone has to finish outside. But the the quality of shambles that's occurring outside the eight really is starting to stand out. Mm. And for I, Matt, I agree with. Sorry, Graham, you go. No, ahead. I was just going to say just before we finish off on Matt Dufty, I was just going to remind the listeners he is heading to the Bulldogs for next year. Mm. Just a good point that one of you guys made earlier on. Um, you, one of you were talking about the Roosters and the Storm being at the top level. Um, one of the things over the last couple of years that has pleased me most from a Panthers perspective is that they're now at that level as well. Yeah, oh, that's, and I, as that's are a, the Rabbitohs. That's, that's 100% and, I was saying. Is you don't four. have the top two. Any, you've got a top four. You've got, you've got four There's teams a big four now. the top eight. Mm. Yeah. There's and a big four now. Every year. And I'll tell yeah, you what. That, that's there was... the big four, I reckon. There was one team who, you know, up until this year, were well entrenched in that talk about being in that top four, have had opportunities to play for a premiership. And now they're actually being talked in the, the, the same conversation as teams that have not won a premiership for many, many years. And that's the Canberra Raiders. They could well, Griffo, be, um, for a lot of punters out there, the biggest disappointment uh, given over you know, over the last 12 months that they've slid down to 10th position. Uh, they ended up with 10 wins and 14 losses with uh, 22 points on the ladder. But, um, you know, it seems like a long time ago since they were in the grand final and it was only a couple of years. Yeah, it's... Uh, if you're a Raiders uh, supporter and uh, I've, I've got a, close, a cousin uh, who's very, very much a Raiders man, uh, we sat and watched last year. Uh, we watched them get 
smashed in the uh, prelim final by the storm and a very sad young man. Um, and it hasn't really gotten any better for him this year, unfortunately. Um, I, I put as their highlight that there was that late season resurgence, including a win over the Sea Eagles. I think it, uh, when they were still playing at uh, Four Pines, um, that was probably their best performance of the year. Um, the low light was, was, as you said, they just didn't perform to the expectations uh, that they would have had of themselves, let alone what their fans would have had. Uh, just too many losses. And, and basically in the middle of the year, we saw a team disintegrate, um, certainly on the field, and it appeared off the field as well with, with um, the halfback Williams going home, um, with Tarpany's wife um, putting things out there about coaching and it, it appeared to be disintegrating. Whether it was, well, we don't know. We're not in the inner sanctum, but that's how it looked. And uh, for a club like that, with the talent that they've got to just win 10 games is an underachievement. And this, Four out of, oh, sorry, five out of 10. Yeah, five that, out of 10. And as I said, Shane, it's not as though the Raiders are, you know, going, oh, look, that, that's a missed opportunity. We talk now about that premiership window. 1994 was the last time that this Raiders team won a competition. We even remember yep. this being an absolute juggernaut, this Raiders team. We're now looking at 27 years, next year, 28 years since they've won a premiership. Yeah. Uh, look, I think a lot of the problem with the Canberra Raiders is, is they fade in and out of – they have phases. Like, I remember being at a game – Oh, it's a few years ago now where they played at Penrith in the final series and they beat Penrith there that night. And it was sort of like, oh, here we go. The old Canberra Raiders are back and then it and fade away. They, 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 they're, like we said, you know, these clubs that sort of can jump into the finals for maybe a couple of years, then they'll be out for a couple. And then they might dip in for one or two or be a bit of a juggernaut dip out. My 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 low point in the year was that shambles that was happening player wise. I thought that yeah. the club just dealt with that so poorly. Um, the highlight for me was um, was the back end. They looked like a football side that the, that was playing football. I think the high. I think that comes down to a lot of what Ricky Stewart's um, game management. He was able to sort of pick 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 sides apart a little bit, and they're able to somewhat stick to a game plan, but they're five out of 10. They were, they were pretty average. Yeah. Um, the next team we're going to talk about, guys, this is the uh, Cronulla Sharks. Uh, they ended yep. up in ninth position. They were also on 22 points. They're for and against, um, as I said, about 60 points better than the Raiders. Griffo, the Sharks are becoming another one of those teams where we just sort of feel like that they'll hover around the, the middle of the ladder the last couple of years. No one's been um, too confident to put them too far about, um, you know, up the ladder or too far down the ladder. Um, and, and they're another team who, you know, 2016, they won the premiership. It seems like a lifetime ago now. Yeah, they were a very different side back then, um, a much more experienced side. They were a side of, of hard men, um, under a hard coach in Flanagan. Um, I, I gave him a five out of 10. Yeah. I thought about six, but when you only win 10 games and you lose 14, 
I can't go more than half the available uh, score out of 10 uh, for that. There were a lot of highlights for the Sharks. Um, and essentially it was, was their back line that yep. when those guys were on, they, they looked absolutely brilliant. Some of the tries that they could score, uh, the likes of Kennedy, Katoa, Mulitalo, Johnson, when he was fit, had a really good year. Matt Moylan, when he was fit, likewise. Tracy scored uh, Ray- a lot of tries. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. Ramian and Tracy. Yeah, that, that was that's, a that's really, really good back line. Yeah, yeah, you make a good point. Um, so at their best, they were really good. Um, but we didn't see it often enough. The low light was the sacking of, of Morris early in the season. Um, which led to them. And I think at that stage, they were around about the eight. Um, but then they they had a nearly two months where they almost didn't win a game. Um, they did come back and got back inside the eight late in the season. But um, it was, uh, yeah, there were a lot of games where they were getting pumped um, mm. during that low time when Hane first took over. Um, obviously, Morale was at a, at a low point, and that showed on the field. Their defence was not a strong point for them, but their attack was really good. I really think this team next year is going to be one of the big improvers, but we're talking about 2021, 5 out of 10. Yeah, would you agree with that, Shana? Yeah, yeah, 5 out of 10. Um, I agree with the uh, – I, I think if I had to give another positive, because um, I was going to give their back line, uh, Jake Braley. In, in a hooker, um, mm. I thought he he shored up the middle. Like he he did a lot of things that helped that to help that back line succeed. Um, when I when I look at the low point, I agree that the sacking of the coach. The other one was they lost. I think they they lost about four games uh, bookended by they played they played the. Um, Bulldogs, and then the, and then they went four game losing streak and beat the Tigers, and it was just like you could just see then against good sides they were just not going to win. Yeah, yeah, and and look, it just shows how tough it is. It was pretty congested through the the middle of the ladder there. Um, the Titans themselves they also ended with ten wins and fourteen losses, but it was enough to get them into the top eight. They finished in eighth position with a minus three for and against. Uh, towards the end of the season there, it did come down to the last round. But as I feel like I've said with a few teams today, Griffo, this was one of those teams we expected to really improve. And they, even though they made the finals, um, I, I, for mine, they didn't live up to the hype and expectations that I put on them in the preseason. No, uh, I agree, Graham. Um, I've actually got them down for 10 wins and 15 losses. I included this in the semifinals in my oh, okay. numbers there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they made it to semifinal week one. At the start of the season, we thought they would. Well, I did. I think you did. Um, yeah, and they managed to get in there. They just snuck in because um, a couple of other teams fell over. I think uh, the Sharks and the, the Raiders both lost in, uh, in their last game. And, and the Gold Coast Titans did well enough to get there on for and against. Highlight for those guys uh, is that they got to the finals. Um, They had some excellent attacking performances, um, particularly, obviously, Fifita, 
um, when he was on, was unstoppable. Low light, poor defensive performances. Mm. And again, this was a team that copped some hidings as well. So I've only got them at five out of ten. Uh, uh, it's a pass mark and that's all. Yeah, making the finals, you sort of, they're in that middle section there. Um, there were some, look, really for me, Shane, I think one of the highlights came towards the end of the year. I mean, we know they had some injuries, but the emergence of some of these younger players, um, Jaden Campbell, for one, he's one of the highlights, I yeah. think, and I think he's some of the, one of the guys we're going to watch going forward. But um, they had a lot of personnel, especially in that back row, that um, people would be expecting uh, bigger things from. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I one of the highlights I got is, you know, a, a further cementing, further cementing AJ Brimson and and um, Jamal Fogarty as, as 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 NRL quality players, but their defence, like you know, the the Ford Pack and notables in the Ford Pack can score as many tries as you want, but when you score one and let two in, well, you know, the math says you're not going to win games. Yeah, I think Five a, lot out of, ten. a lot of fans will be looking for that consistency there. Um, seventh place this year was occupied by the Newcastle Knights. Uh, well, I've got their records here, Griffo, at the end of the uh, regular season. I was going to say they're 12-12, and 12, but taking into account finals, uh, they technically lost more games than they won. Uh, even making the finals here with a minus 143 for and against, this is one of those teams where we start to see that uh, divide that we've talked about all year between the top few teams and then uh, the others that were making up the eight. Graham, um, I, I agree with what you're saying there. I actually had them at five as well um, for the fact that, you know, taking into their to account that the first week loss in the semifinals, um, they were 12 and 13 but also taking into account the fact that they had the softest draw mm. of any team yep. in the NRL. Um, so, That's why I got them at five. That's actually yeah. my low point. And, and they, that my low point for this side is they didn't take advantage of their draw. Didn't. Yeah, they will, you know, and, and you look at a lot of those other teams, not to cut you off, fellas, but like we just talked about the Titans and I was looking through their draw and it's like, okay, they lost to the teams above them. The Knights are the same. They lost to the teams above them, but... They had games against teams that were below them, the likes of the Tigers, the Cowboys, um, where they, they should have won those games. I mean, they lost to the Tigers twice. You know, these yeah. are the teams that if you you, you want to show you're serious about this competition, you've got to win those games. Yeah, that yeah. soft draw was highlighted by the fact that I think there was only one of the teams above them that they played twice. Mm. Um, it might have been... No, I, can't, I don't know who it was, but... But they, um, I think they only came up with one win against Manly and um, they lost every other game, the teams above them. And, and as you say, if you're losing two games against the Tigers, you're not going so well. Uh, highlight, they were at times brilliant um, when, when Ponga, when they had their full side in, there was some brilliance. Um, but it just was not enough. It wasn't consistent. Um, and that's the low light that I had, their inconsistency, and at times their defence was poor. I let them down. I just thought five out of ten, I couldn't go six. If they had have had a tougher draw, I would have went six, but but not with the draw they had. They should have done better, as Shane said. Yeah, and, and really, Shane, just to sum it up, the highlight was the fact they made the finals. If you're a Knights fan, um, you hang your hat on the fact that you made the finals, and 
Um, yeah, not every team can do that. Yeah, I agree. I think their highlight is they do have they do have a good forward pack. They're just soft. They just got to learn to play yeah. hard football. They need yeah. a coach in that. So yeah. They've got they've got the potential. That's my highlight that they have this potential. They've got potential across the board. Yep. And moving up the ladder, we um, we see the team that came six were the Parramatta Eels. Uh, they finished on 32 points. Uh, at the end of the regular season, uh, before the finals, that was 15 wins, nine losses. Um, bit of an interesting season for, for them, Griffo. There were some really high points where they had wins over the storm and then some low points. Um, many would even argue that the high point for the Eels was a game they lost. I thought their best performance was in the final where they got knocked out. Yeah, you could you could mount a really strong case for that, Graham. They, they were really good that night. As you mentioned, they were the only team this year who um, uh, were undefeated against the Storm, I'm pretty sure. Um, they had the 2-0 and against the Storm and, and their supporters were hanging their hat on that um, through social media. Um, in the belief that, you know, if they beat the Panthers and they thought they were wronged in that game, um, that they would have won the next game against the Storm. But, uh, you know, we'll never know. But look, to uh, to rate them overall, I had them 7 out of 10. Uh, they were consistent for most of the year up to around about 16, around 16 or 17. Um, there was a loss against the Dragons at Bank West, but but they were good for most of that. They were in the top four for most of the year. And the flip side of that, the low light, was that late season drop-off where um, they were getting caned by the good sides and, and even losing to some of the lesser lights. And there was all that talk about their coach. Um, you know, they need someone else. But they did finish off well. Um, and, and they were good in that semi-final loss to the Panthers. So I give them a 7 out of 10 um, overall for the year. I think they're going to get a lot of confidence out of, the, out of that semi-final game come next year. But mm. uh, 7 out of 10. Yeah, and I feel, Shane, a lot of the highlights for the Parramatta fans and the Parramatta club came from some of their key players. When um, Moses was on, they looked great. Uh, even, um, look, we can't have an episode of Carpool Rugby League and talk about the positives of Parramatta without talking about Isaiah Papali'i. Yeah, no, I think the positives of Parramatta is when they had a full-strength side, they looked dangerous. I think that mm-hmm. the, the, my low point – look, my low point for Parramatta is when Reid Marnie's shoulder got done. Yeah, um, that that, that, that was my low point for them. Um, I think the rot sets in so quickly at that club. Like, like they only need – they only need someone to whisper on the sideline you can't win and it's almost like they go to water. So, um, but the, the high point is they've got the players that can go deep into a finals series. They've just got to, they've just got to stop the rot setting in quickly. Yeah, and speaking of teams that know what what you have to do to go deep into a final series, it seems as though that the uh, the Sydney Roosters are always there and thereabouts and even with the challenges they've had this year, Griffo, I mean, my my golly, the um the amount of injuries they've had, it even resulted in, you know, the this um retirement of uh, club legends. Despite all that, they um they finished in Cordner. Yeah, they finished in fifth position with um with thirty four points at the end of the regular season. Yeah, um hats off. We've talked about the great effort from the Roosters. 
Um, overall, 17 wins, nine losses. They made it to week two of the final series. Um, yeah, the highlight was just that amazing effort to get to that point in the competition, despite at times there, they had more than half of the salary cap sitting in the grandstand. Um, they were decimated by injury and uh, combine that with suspensions to guys like Radley and Crichton um, in the midst of those injuries. And they were putting out a, some weeks a team that more resembled a reserve grade side. Um, the low light was that they did cop some floggings against some of the better sides, particularly like the Rabbitals um, in that very controversial game. The Rabbitals, I think, scored 54 points against them. Uh, and I think they might have got one or two other hide-ins there as well. But they never gave up. Um, they really just they, – they beat most of the sides below them, but they did struggle against the quality sides. But I give them 7 out of 10 overall. Um, it was just a, a season full of heart from the Roosters. Yeah, credit where credit's due, Shano. I mean um... – we talked about uh, Trent Robinson and the effort that he has made with the Roosters. We talked about last week, given the fact that they had so many players out. Um, look, it's, it's a massive effort. That's pretty much all we can say, isn't it? Yeah, uh, look, I, I think I think I agree with Griff. With the, um, with the rating, I agree with the lowlights. I think the highlights is they've unearthed some young talent that now have NRL experience. That's only mm. going to serve them well next year. Yeah, true. Well, Players like, like Butcher and Baker. Yeah. yeah. yeah even Suwali and Walker, yeah. those guys have yeah. games yeah. under their belt. They've got yeah. a year under their belt now and all of a and, sudden, yep. they're, you, you know, they may not get starts, but they're going to be on the bench. They're going to be there or thereabouts. We're going to have a, we're going to have a New South Wales Cup competition next year. That bodes well for them. Yeah. And and look, the, the thing is, and I think we mentioned that the other week, just before we move on here, guys, Whilst the reserve grade players at every other club or the New South Wales Cup, whatever you want to call it these days, we know the second tier competition, it didn't happen this year. So a lot of those players who may be coming into grade next year don't have that experience under their belt. They haven't played a lot of footy. Whereas the the one plus I think the Roosters can take out of this is the fact that these players had to fill in. It's helping them get match fit. It's giving them experience. And I think it'll only bode well for them. So um, I'm expecting them to be a serious contender next year. I'm really um, yeah, really worried about them considering I'm not a Roosters uh, supporter myself. But Roosters supporters will be really keen to see what they can do. Um, jiggity, jiggity. Jiggity, jiggity. He'll be there. He'll be keen. And, you know, another bloke who'll be keen is Eagle Dan, who's been on board with us the last few weeks. Uh, he was really excited about the season that Manly had this year. I, I, I don't want to dismiss the other players in the um, in the squad, Griffo, but I think a lot of listeners are going to think, well, the highlight was Turbo and the low light was when they didn't have Turbo. I mean, to a large extent, Graham. I mean, uh, you, you can't argue that. Uh, 17 wins overall, 10 losses. I give them seven out of 10. Uh, the highlight was just the amazing attack that they were able to produce, which obviously Turbo was, was front and center there. But towards the back end of the season, they were still, even in the games where Turbo was missing, they actually played pretty well in comparison to the start of the season where they were 0-4, and, and they were awful um, at that point. Um, you know, they made the preliminary final, which 
I did not think possible um, either before the season started or certainly after round four when they were looking at a wooden spoon. Um, the low light, you know, obviously that start to the year, but um, the low light for mine was that when they came up against the quality teams, uh, they just, well, like in the finals, they got smashed twice. They got smashed by the storm. They got smashed by the rabbitos. So um, they were, you know, labeled by Ryan Girdler, flat track bullies. And the evidence was there to support that, whether or not you yeah. agree with it. The evidence was there yeah. that um, they they literally put teams to the sword. But when they come up against a team that was a fair income side, um, they were they were on the wrong end of the scoreboard, including those hammer-ins in the finals. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't go past seven out of ten there. Yeah, Griffo makes a good point there, Shano, because, you know, they are the fourth best team in the competition, but um, they they didn't quite get to that next level. And, um, you know, the Rabbitohs, Panthers and Storm had another gear, whereas the uh, the Seagulls just didn't quite have um, that extra step to go. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys have said. The rating, the highs, the lows. They, they, I, I, think, I think the problem is this year when Turbo came back, they they almost had this extra string to their bow. Like it was a trick shot. Like all of a sudden this guy, you know, people weren't expecting this guy to play this well and, and their forward pack helped a little bit. Um, in saying that, I don't think they're, you know, you know telling to power that he's free to talk to anyone um, really shows. I think, look, I, I think this was a flash in the pan uh, and that's no disrespect to Manly. Mm. I really do think that next year, they're going to make the eight. They're not going to have the potency that they had this year and because sides like South and Penrith and the Roosters and the and and the Storm are going to give other teams the pl- blueprint on how to beat them, and they've already done that. Mm. Yeah, interesting comments there. So it'll be definitely something to keep, keep an eye on for next year. Um, I, I slightly disagree. Yeah. Um, I think guys like Schuster and Olakowatu and – yep. And most of most of the side actually are going to be better for having played finals yep. football. Yep, um, Garrick, Saab, Harper. Yeah, There's been some yeah. emerging players yep. that were um, really good this some year. Of them yeah, did, just... Some of them failed, to be honest, in, in the pressure of finals football. But you'd think they're going to be better for it. So mm. um, I, I look, I think they're going to be in the top eight, most definitely. Um, I just don't think they're going to. I don't think they. I, I, yeah, I don't top know. Four, I just, top four is about big... it. I just said like, yeah, they got, they got, a, they got a plan, and you know, you know, like, is it fair South to say that picked top... that apart pretty easily? Is it fair you to know, say that Tom top... picked it apart pretty easily? It's yeah, I don't. I, I I agree with you, Griff. I think they're fantastic players. Um, Hank Scorpio, you know, I think they're all. I think they're all quality players. I, there's something short. I just don't know what it is. A, 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 I think maybe a, I think maybe a, a manly fan could tell us. For me, there's just this something short of being that next level team, because mm-hmm. they were clearly well the football. They were clearly yeah. well and truly behind the top three this year. 
Given Mappy Coruscant, and it might be a different story. Um, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I know it, that's that's the point. I, but I, I, look, I can't put my. I was actually thinking there, about it today, and I just can't put my finger on it. I'll tell you what, though, as I was going to say, then I think one factor that um, that probably supports your point that you know you could probably have them in the conversation for a top eight team, but top four might be a stretch. It's just the strength you're going to see from the Roosters next year because I can't see any of the next three teams mm. we talk about. Um, being too far away from the the top four. And the next team we're going to talk about is they're the runners-up this year. We've got the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, They went all the way to the grand final and lost to the Panthers last week. Um, Look, Griffo, uh, you'd have to say that um, despite a few um, lowlights there, especially against those top two teams in the Storm and the Panthers, we've got a team here that made the grand final and had 50 put on them a couple of times through the year. But um, we also saw, as you've already mentioned, some quality from players like Cody Walker. Oh, I thought they were outstanding. Uh, 22 wins and five losses throughout the whole season, including finals football. And they made the grand final. I got them nine out of ten. I didn't go halves, but, um, you know, you, you, if I was, I'd give them 9.5. But um, the highlight for these guys, aside from making the grand final, was the brilliance of their attack. They, mm. they were amazing. Um, the tries they were able to score consistently. Um, in the finals, what they did, not only did they have that attack, but they also brought a stronger resilience and desire in defense, which we didn't see um, earlier in the season. Uh, when they came up against the Storm and the Panthers. Um, so they kept the attacking quality, but they added a steal in defence. And, and that's what got them to the grand final. Um, so low was um, the fact that uh, they still, they still um, you know, they lost the grand final. That's a low. Mm. Uh, in terms of how they would feel themselves. Um, and But before that was just, there was, there was two games where they got hammered, but that was early in the season. They were good enough to turn that all around. Um, so they're an outstanding rugby league team. Uh, and I've got nothing but respect for the Rabbitohs. Yeah. Uh, great season. Um, they can be proud of their achievement. Yeah, it was a wonderful... Um... A wonderful season. The only thing that they could have done better was was win the other night, and it would have been a perfect season for them, Shane, in the sense that that's the goal that everyone's <laughs> hoping to achieve. Oh, look, I agree with everything Griffo said. Um, I would have actually, I, I, their attacking was brilliant. My highlight for South Sydney was that turnaround in defence, that ability to turn that defence because they they were the side that could, you know, will you score thirty, we'll just score forty. And it, it, it failed against the Storm and the and, and the Panthers. And the ability, that just goes to show, look, Wayne Bennett, love him or hate him, it shows how good he is. It shows that he can take the club and just turn it around without them losing any finesse in attack. I, I, you know, I dare, I, I agree with everything you guys said. Yeah. I can't argue that he's the best coach of all time. I, yeah. The line, yeah. he's got... A record that no other coach has been able to match. Um, the fact that he's done it at multiple clubs, yeah, um, 
is the only reason I've got him just a touch ahead of no, Craig I agree. Bellamy. But I'm the same. In saying that, Bellamy could win more premierships. True. I think Wayne's Wayne's um, premierships are finished. Um, you know, he's leaving a, a top quality side, um, probably to take up a new franchise. He's not going to win a comp with a new franchise as head coach. Maybe down the track if he's like a coaching director, but his record, uh, I can't see it being toppled. No. Yep. No, no, definitely. Um, I, I think most people would agree that uh, he'd have to go down as the, the greatest coach of, uh, of all time there. And um, for South Sydney, as you guys mentioned, that attack was great. Um, you know, I think, you know, the, the thing that we, you know, I don't want to bring it up again because we talked about it, but I think for a lot of neutral fans and even South Sydney fans, um, probably uh, a bit of a downer for them was that Latrell Mitchell suspension, not only the one at the end of the year, but the fact that he did to get suspended earlier. And unfortunately, they did have to play for quite a part of the season without him. One of the games they played without him was against the Penrith Panthers, who at the end of the regular season finished second. Um, but look, that doesn't matter, Griffo, because when you when you win the big dance, that's all that matters, doesn't it? Is it Metallica that says nothing else matters? Nothing I, else matters. Yes, it's a Metallica, Metallica okay. song. All yes. right, I'm, I'm not up on my uh, on my hard uh, metal, but do you, do you want to know yeah. a bit of an interesting tidbit? Do you know What's what year that, that song was released? Nothing was it else 1991? matters. 1991. Okay. 1991. All right, and and look, the, it's it's hard to find truer words than that. Nothing else matters. Um, the injuries don't matter. The controversies don't matter. The fact that the Tigers supporters, the Paris supporters, whoever supporters seem to uh, want to pour a lot of salt and hate on the Panthers doesn't matter. Um, 10 out of 10. They wouldn't have got 10 out of 10 if they hadn't won the grand final, but they did. Um, and the highlight, obviously, is the fact that they won the premiership. It doesn't get higher than that. Um, in terms of apart from that itself was the level of defence that they were able to bring. Under stress, under injury, um, to get through that final series, they only scored six tries in the whole final se- Four games, mm. they only let six in but they got over the line. Um, and I, I, can't be, I can't be prouder of that effort. Um, I, they were written off by most, and to be fair, including myself, in, in my head, not in my heart, but I just couldn't see how they were going to get through um, the storm. Uh, and then to be a quality side like the Rabbitohs with the injuries to, to at least half a dozen guys who wouldn't have played that game if it was a normal competition game. Um, so excellent low light uh, from a club point of view, in a way was state of origin um, state of that. They were not the same team after the state of origin series, the fluency and attack never returned never returned after origin with the injuries to guys like Cleary, uh, to Luai. Um, they limped through, but they got there. And that's all about just desire. 
Um, so yeah, if you're going to pick a low light, it was just the fact that they, they lost uh, their ability to, to, to attack, um, but they did enough. Mm. They did enough. And, and as Metallica says, I don't know the names of the guys, but nothing else matters. They won the comp. That's 10 right. out of 10 months. And a lot of people were concerned too because some of their some of their key players did did experience injuries throughout that season and many Panthers were thinking that they, they, they were going to really struggle with Cleary being out. Um, you know, we talked about that origin period where they had a lot of players missing and we saw Burton stepping up, Aluai, you know, experiencing an injury. Uh, realistically, Shano, to, to, to come through at the end of all that with a, with a premiership is an outstanding effort. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with everything Griffo said. Uh, I had the same points, same highlights, same lowlights. I thought after Origin, it took a lot of wind out of their sails. So, yeah. And the only team we haven't talked about, fellas, with the Storm. Um, look, the obvious standout for me for a highlight would have to be that run of uh, 19 in a row. They just missed out on the record. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it really took a top-notch Panthers effort uh, a week before the grand final to um, to ensure that they didn't get another title, Griffo. Oh, they're outstanding. Nine out of ten for the for those guys. 22 wins, four losses, made it to the prelim final. As you said, Graham, that record equaling 19 wins in a row was the highlight. But it wasn't just that in itself. It was the way that they did it they were at times missing half a dozen first-grade players or more, yet they still were able to not only win games but put teams to the sword. Um, I just thought they were brilliant throughout that period, irrespective of who put on that purple jersey. They just performed. Nico Hines was outstanding. Brandon Smith, hooker of the year. Um, Jerome Hughes, amazing year. Only, uh, to me, second behind Cleary as far as number sevens this year. Mm-hmm. Low light, well, for them, obviously, the fact that they played their worst game in the prelim final where they were off their game. Um, but that's the only low light I can come up with. They, they had a great year. Yeah, phenomenal year, phenomenal team, Shano. Hard to argue with any of that. Everything's, I've got everything the same. Everything's the same. Well, look, that's that's really every club this year. We've talked about the highs and the lows. Just quickly, um, just a 30-second whip around, fellas. Any other highlights uh, from the season that we haven't covered or lowlights? Uh, I think Origin might stand out. Absolutely. So, that's that's, that's there in the highlight bucket. Yep. yep. It's also there in the lowlight bucket because we didn't get the third game, but, um, but the yes. Blues were outstanding. Yep. Yeah, deserve to win three 0 I would say, but I'm biased. No, Queensland really did well to, yeah. to, to, I think against the odds to come back in that last game. As a South fan, um, it's going to be tough to say this. I think the low light that we didn't mention was, and I think we might have touched on it was two good players, Cordner and Friend, um, having to bow out the way yeah. they did. Oh, Josh know, Morris is. Oh, sorry, and Josh Brent Morris as well Morris. with his Brent injuries. Morris. There's been a few. Few, um, few career-ending injuries where you know, probably didn't get the proper send-off that they deserve. And one other thing, um, probably poor me saying it just after those words that you said there, but I just just one thing I want to bring up um, 
you know, I kind of had in the low lights. We talked about it before, but I think we need to to mention that it was a massive um, impact on the rugby league community this year. Was the uh, the loss of Tommy Radonikus mm. and Bob Fulton and Bob Fulton? Yep, an immortal. Yep, yep. So I think the lot the the losses this year of Bob Fulton and uh, Tommy Radonikus, um, they're they're two of the the greatest ever be associated with the game. So I think that's just uh, something that we need to acknowledge their uh, contribution. And um, yeah, it was probably the, the, the two of the saddest days of the year, especially if you're a rugby league fan. So um, yeah, I thought that might be worth mentioning. All right, we've got a few minutes left, fellas. What we're going to do is we're going to whip through and given that it's the end of the season, we're going to do a carpool rugby league Australian kangaroos merit side. So we're going to go through the... Um, through the positions, I'll give you guys some contenders. Now, we haven't actually talked about this in a sense that we don't know who we're thinking about being in the team. So I could well throw up a name that you guys haven't thought of. I could well leave out someone who's a dead set shoe-in. So when we're talking about fullbacks, um, you've got the incumbent Kangaroos fullback, James Tedesco. Chomtovoyevich this year, he was the Dali M uh, fullback of the year. We also know at the Storm, they've got a few handy players in Ryan Pappenhaus and Nico Hines. On the periphery, if we're thinking about contenders, Pomo, Brimson, Walsh, great players there who had outstanding moments this season. Uh, who are we thinking, guys, would put it fullback? Teddy, James Tedesco. Teddy. 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 Yep. And captain for mine. Yep. 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 No, definitely, definitely um, worth putting in there. And it might give away a spoiler when we get to the centers. Uh, for the wing spot, uh, some of the um, players that have represented. Uh, who are Australian, uh, Josh Adokar comes to mind, Daniel Tupu. But we also saw the emergence of players like Ruben Garrick and Brian Toto and the um, the goal-scoring, uh, sorry, I should say the try-scoring uh, record of Alex Johnston this year. Um, who, who are your thoughts for the wing spots, Griffo? Uh, the two Blues wingers, Toto and Adokar. Yep. The, they're the two I'd uh, have there. Hard to disagree with that. I know last week when we did our um, team of the year, Shane, um, Garrick and Johnston, they were well in contention. Any no, I got any I got concerns those with that Okara and Toto? They're my wingers. Okay, now in the centres, what do you uh, think, Grant? Yeah, I like um, I like Adokar and I like Toto. I I can't agree with anything you guys have had so far. Uh, in the centres, I don't think we're going to disagree. There's one player who got Dalliem center of the year and I think he might be unlucky to miss out because he's a great player that's Matt Burton he's got to be in contention there um we are obviously everyone's available for selection we know that Latrell Mitchell is suspended so if there was a real game this year this week uh he wouldn't be able to play but because the merit team we've got the likes of Latrell Mitchell also representative players uh that have played in the centers in the past players like Dane Gagai and Whiten um, what are your thoughts, Griffo? Are we doing a New South Wales Blues here and looking at Turbo on the trail? 100%. Yeah. I don't think that's the best. That's what I've got. I don't think we can argue. I can't argue with any of that. <laughs> no. That's all I've got. Phenomenal. And it just shows the, 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 the talent and the form, especially with these representative sides. And we saw this year, especially with New South Wales, the team just about picked itself. One bloke who got in the team this this year for New South Wales um, and won a premiership. He played 5'8". That's Jerome Luai. He's obviously got to be in contention. You've got on the other side of the uh, the origin um, ledger, so to speak, Cameron Munster from um, the Storm and Queensland. 
But when we got to the end of the year and the Daily M Awards, Cody Walker was named the 5'8 of the year. Is that enough for Cody Walker to be your um, your 5'8 in this team, Griffo? Absolutely. Oh, yep. Cody Walker, 100%. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been phenomenal. Yeah. Yep. No disrespect to, uh, to Jerome Lua. He had a great season, but no. second half of the year, he, he hasn't played to that level. Um, Cody Walker's been amazing. He's my 5'8". In the Australian yeah. side, yeah, and so influential, and, and and one of the other look the halfback. I mean, okay, we we know it's Nathan Cleary. Um, I'll I'll mention Daily yeah. Cherry Evans as well. Some people might think you know that, that that Cherry Evans and Nathan Cleary, if you're picking an Australian team, might also be a possible combination. But I'd imagine here, Griffo, we're just um, going to spend a couple of moments singing the praises again of the best halfback in the competition. Look, the, the sad thing, the sad reality for Nathan Cleary is that he hasn't pulled on a green and gold jumper mm. um, because simply the Kangaroos haven't played. Yeah. Even, yeah. He's know, a victim of COVID, really. Well, he is. Um, even if, you know, that World Cup went ahead and Australia went, he wouldn't have went. He's got that shoulder issue. Got this shoulder issue. Um, so I know, I'm pretty sure he was named in the merit side last year. I don't yeah. know if they've, they've named one this year, but but he's, there's, there's no challenger. No. no challenger at all. Cleary, the halfback. Once we start to get to the forward pack, there's a bit more opportunity for players to get a spot. Obviously, you know, sometimes if you're playing prop and you don't make the starting side, you might hit the bench. Uh, some of the players that I highlighted uh, that we've talked about over previous weeks as being um, possible contenders, um, you've got Daniel Saifidi, Payne Haas, Christian Welsh, Josh Papali, um, Junior Paulo, Regan Campbell-Gillard, also in um, some good form there. Um, yeah, we, we even talked about, you know, how good uh, Fisher-Harris. I mean, he's a Kiwi, though, isn't he? Kiwi. Yeah, I, 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 thought, I had him on my list and I thought, oh, I, I'm not sure if he's a Kiwi. I, I, I probably should scratch him. But um, given that, uh, look, we, we, we reckon he was just about the best prop and he's a Kiwi, of the Australians, who do we think, Griffo? I go on Haas and Christian Welch. I think, uh, well, Payne Haas has been a standout. Um, yeah. And Christian Welch, I don't think he, I'm not sure that he's played for the Kangaroos yet. I don't think he has, again, due to them not playing, but he's been great for Queensland. He's been great for the Storm. And I think he's a starting prop yeah. for the Kangaroos. I wouldn't have. Yeah, I wouldn't have Saifidi too far behind him. What do you guys think about that? I was actually thinking um, that that Saifidi and Haas could be, but Welsh has been great. If I mean, I'd have them all on the side somewhere and probably throw one of them on the bench if it was a real team. Can't hear you, Shane. Oh, sorry, you got muted, maybe. Yeah, Shane, you're on mute. Mate. I had sorry, okay. sorry, boys. I was moving. Around. I had Haas and um and. Welsh, Sasaifidi, um, Polo, notable mentions. Yeah, yeah, they'd be on the bench if you um, if you were to pick a team uh, for the hooker spot. The um, the number nine uh, from memory, the incumbent would have been Damian Cook, but we've got some really good young players coming through. Um, Harry Grant probably putting a bit of pressure there, but given the fact that um, you know he may not get as much time in at. Uh, at dummy half at the storm with Brandon Smith there. I think Cook would have to be the standout. And um, 
Yeah, given given the fact that we've also got... Um, well, I suppose Appy Coruscant could be in contention there too, Griffo. I went Grant. I yep. just... Uh, while he wasn't real good in the, uh, the prelim final, I think when he's been on the field, including for Queensland, I just think he's been... Uh, He's been the best. That's just my opinion. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I um, I I had Cook in my team. Um, I still got in there, but I think that that uh, that number nine jersey over the next uh, few years, I feel like Harry Green. I have Brandon really Smith. He's a Kiwi. He's a Kiwi. Oh, he's a Kiwi. Of course. Yeah. What am I talking about? I did um, that too before. No, Grant. I had Grant. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The the Storm. They 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 they've probably got two of the best. Uh, hookers in the competition in the one team. They have. They yep. have. All right, if we move on to the second row, um, it'll be interesting to see how uh, you guys structured your team because with some of the great locks in the uh, the competition, I think that uh, we might see a bit of spillage over into the uh, second row depending on who your your lock was. Um, blokes that come to mind, Griffo for me, we had Crichton's, David Fafita, uh, you mentioned Kurt Capewell. He was he he he's played really good at a representative level. Um, uh, Kafusi was another player I had uh, penciled in. Uh, Jai Arrow uh, played a lot of Origin, and if you're not putting him at lock, Cameron Murray could be a, a a bloke to put in your back row. Did you go with any of those players, or um, do we have a few surprises there that I may not have thought of? No, you've, you've covered them. I did actually include a bench. I went all 17. I'm not sure yep. if you did or not, but um, I had uh, Crichton, Angus Crichton and Kirk Capewell as a start in second rowers. Um, Crichton's been very good throughout the year. Um, missed some games through suspension, but um, he was very good for the Blues as well. Kirk Capewell was one of Queensland's best players, particularly when he went in game three into the second row and he's been very good for the for the premiers so i've got him in there in the start in second row which way did you go graham i um i went with uh cam murray and angus Crichton. that way you know i could fit you know obviously um you know i'm giving away a bit here but i don't think anyone's going to be too surprised that we've both got isaiah yo as Locke, I'm assuming you've got him as Locke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so for me, I was looking at Locke. Isaiah Yo was the first one I put in, and I thought, look, if I'm putting the the, the, the best players there, and um, yeah. I, yeah, I, if, I, if we're only yeah. naming if we're only 13. Naming 13, I'm putting yeah. uh, Cam Murray ahead of Kirk Capewell in the second row. Definitely. But I did go, I did go a full 17, so. Yeah, and that will um, become apparent, I think, Griffo, when we talk about the Locke position. You've talked about Isaiah Yo. Um for me, that pushed Cameron Murray into the back row. Uh, when we talked about the team of the year last week, it pushed him to the bench. Um, he's a quality player that I think a lot of people would have in the side somewhere. Uh, another player for me who missed out on that lock position in a starting spot, who um, I'm going to talk about in a moment when we go to the bench, is Jake Trebojevic. He was another contender I had for lock. Dale Finucan was another contender that I had written down. Um, I also put down as um, a contender... Uh, Victor Radley and Big Tino. They were the other contenders that I... Yeah, Big Tino was a guy that I'd forgotten about. Yeah, he's another one who I had on my short list, Mm. but uh, missed out to Yo. So when we start to head to the bench, I I started to look at players like um, that missed out. I I went back through the side and I said, well, uh, Chaboyevich has missed out for me. Tino's missed out. 
Um, I also noticed that I didn't have a spot for Pappenhausen in my team. And um, yeah, and Fanukin was another bloke who I thought if I was picking an Australian team, I, I, I think he'd be very handy on a bench there. Um, so yeah, that, that, that really rounded out my team. It'd be interesting to see who snagged the last spots for you though. Yeah, well, I, I looked at it as, as if, if they were going to play a game um, who I'd have there. Mm. Um, so I actually had Ben Hunt at okay. number 14. Yep. Um, Playing that role sort of he did for the, for the exactly, Queensland for the team. Yeah, okay, um, yeah, good point. Well, he was really good. Um, and and he, covers, he covers hooker, he covers halfback. He can play as a, you know, a, a 13 if need be. But I just thought he does play that role really well, number 14. Um, and that's why I put him. I don't think he's in the best 17 players, but... If it, if it was a team that was going to play a game, he would have been there. Um, I had Jai Arrow uh, on the bench. I think he's outstanding, Arrow. Um, and he's yeah. played most of his football off the bench, both for the Rabbitohs and Queensland. Um, so I've got to have him there. Uh, obviously, Cameron Murray uh, has to be in a top 17. Uh, if we're only naming 13, as I said, he plays in number 12. Yeah. Um, he's just an outstanding. He's one of the best in, in the NRL, Cam Murray. And um, I, I went for Junior Paulo as, oh, yep. yeah. uh, as a, an impact prop yeah. in the same role that he did for the Blues. Um, but yeah. I must say, uh, teen, Big Tino is someone that I did sort of forget about. Um, but I think that's a well-rounded bench, covers yeah. a range of positions. We know that if, you know, if need be, Cam Murray could actually play as a centre as well. Um, you know, if you've got Kurt Capewell in your side, he probably covers centre uh, better than Murray, but Murray has played there um, when injuries have sort of necessitated it. Um, that's the team I'd go with. It's, it's a pity they've got no one to play. It's a bloody um, good team. <laughs> You'd be hard yeah, up trying be, to beat them. You would. Um, <laughs> it's a team. My team, i got 12 Blues players, five Maroons. Uh, and, of course, the, the guy from probably the Maroons, or two guys that aren't there that maybe Maroon supporters would, might say, well, where's Monster? Where's Ponga? Um, so I, but I couldn't find a spot in a top 17 um, for those two. If the World Cup team had a went away, obviously they would have been in the squad. A guy like Big Tino would have been in the squad, probably Safiti. Um, you know, you mentioned a host of players that uh, that are worthy of of, of a position. Um, and just just quickly, I, looking at it from a club perspective, I had four Panthers, four Rabbitohs, three Storm, two Roosters. And uh, one Sea Eagle, one Eel, one Dragon, one Bronco. Um, but your bench probably was a little bit different to mine. Yeah, cause, you know, and, and realistically, you make a good point there because if my bench where I had, you know, um, I had Pappenhausen and then I had Trebojevic and, you know, I, I got a lot of back rowers there where once you mentioned Paul, I was like, oh, geez, you know, uh, realistically, if I was playing a game, I'd have to have... Um, an extra prop or so on there. So, you know, having a, a junior Paulo. Um, and as I said, back when I was picking my um, forwards, 
Um, I was tossing up between, you know, Cy Fetty and Welsh, so whatever player there missed out could have got a bench spot. But yeah, I, I, know, I had a lot of trouble narrowing it down to 17, and you notice there yeah. when I went through the contenders, I was able to write down about five blokes for each position. Um, probably the one position I had where there weren't as many contenders um, was probably that hooker position where... We're probably going to start to see as Damian Cook gets old, like you know, into his thirties, that that's a position where Harry Grant can really move in and cement his spot. Because the only other person I can think of off the top of my head, I mentioned Abby Corrissau. Um, not sure where he would be in selection, but the only player that's coming through, super talented hooker, that could start to push in top form is Reid Marnie. Yeah, um, I don't know if he's he, too far off the pace. No, he's really good. Um, I, I was just sort of thinking from a New South Wales perspective, um, and I think young uh, Blake Braley from the Sharks uh, yep. is probably, you know, if you're looking at a younger guy, um, he's he's probably the most talented. Um, happy. Is late twenties. I think Damien Cook might be might have hit 30. thirty. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, both those guys probably got a couple more years, but um, you know, there's a real opportunity if there's a young up and coming uh, hooker out there, like uh, maybe a Riley Smith, for example. <laughs> um, maybe <laughs> yeah, that'd, be, in the future. that'd be good for him. Yeah, but I know I genuinely think you know there is that opportunity with with those top guys certainly from New South Wales getting on a little bit in years Harry Grant's going to be the Queensland hooker for the next decade um, unless something drastic happens but uh, yeah there is uh, yeah, there is a, a bit of a spot open you know down say three years down the track but Blake Braley which is quite hard to say yeah, it's, um, you won't want to say that after a few schooners no well I'm just thinking of <laughs> You know, there might be there might be even more difficult for some of our friends from some parts of the world to say that one, because um, uh, I I struggle with it. And um, um, Blake Braley, uh, but he's he's good. He's a very yeah. good player for the Sharks. Yeah, he's mo- he's the one most likely apart from Harry Grant. Yep, no quality player, and um, look, we've seen some quality football, especially last week with the grand final. Um, it's a shame that there's not much footy coming up uh, over. Well, the next little while, usually we have uh, some off-season games. This time last year, we had Origin, so... Um, we did. It's dried up a little bit, but don't worry. We're hoping to get some uh, more podcasts out, do some uh, Carpool Rugby League summer sessions. Uh, yeah. But in the meantime, we want to thank you for your support in 2021. Uh, thank you so much for your support last week with the Grand Final show. It was great to to see the um, you know everyone talking about the Grand Final and getting yeah, excited. Yeah, I got a lot of good feedback on that show and uh, particularly Graham, uh, <laughs> the, the listeners who were basically new to the show uh, were most impressed with the advertisements. Uh, yeah. Um, it's and, like the uh, Super Bowl. It's big money to, to, uh, to sponsor the grand final. Oh, episode. Absolutely. So uh, those sponsors that came on board for the grand final edition, we'll be looking to hear more from them, I think, because yep. They were very popular, and uh, people are out there trying to access those products now. Yep. So no, it's with some def- difficulty, it must be said. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and it's lucky for those consumers that they don't find some of those products. But look, we're really happy for the support. And as we said, uh, we're looking to grow the show. We have a lot of fun and um, we just want to thank you guys for all your support. And we love it. Thank you, listeners. We will be putting in some summer specials, so um, we'll, we'll let you know. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for your support this season.